the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. devil's objective when he whispers in your ear because he tries to get you to believe in some way shape form or fashion that God doesn't care about you God doesn't care about me he he doesn't care about me if he cared about me why would I be going through all this stuff if he cared about me why would I be having to deal with all this stuff if he cared about me why 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 isn't he giving me the things that I've been asking him for if he cares about me God really doesn't care And dear ones, my response to that objection would be found in places like Psalm 139, verses 14 to 18. Let's just real quickly. Psalm 139, starting at verse 14, the Bible says, the psalmist says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in your book, or in your book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when it was as yet, when, when as yet there was none of them. Now, dear ones, for those that are unfamiliar with this passage of Scripture, what the psalmist is beginning to talk about is the unborn babe in the mother's womb. He's talking about the unborn child in a mother's womb. And let's read it again. He says... Verse 15, my substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. The the psalmist is saying, Lord, you saw me. You knew all about me. Even before I was in my mother's womb, you knew all about me. Your eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. And in your book, all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. Lord, you, you, you were the one that determined, before I was even in my mother's womb, you were the one that determined my hair color, my eye color, my, my, my size, my shape. You determined all that before I was even in my mom's belly. 
Notice what he says, verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I wake, I am still with you. Lord, how precious are your thoughts toward me. Lord, the things you think concerning me, the things that you desire for me, Lord, they're so precious. They're so marvelous. Lord, if I were to try and calculate the number of times that I was on your mind, if I tried to calculate the number of times that my name crossed your mind and you were thinking about how, in what way, I I could bless that person or I could prosper that person or I could use that person for my good, for my glory and for their good. If I would try to count the number of times, Lord, that my name crossed your mind, Lord, the sands on the seashore can't even count that. You can't go that high. And so, dear ones, for those that would try to say God doesn't care about you, God ain't thinking about you, you ain't even on his mind, I would take you to Psalm 139. And tell them the devil's a lie. But there is a third objection that people could give. Then I'm moving on, dear ones. And that objection is this. Well, what if I do all this and it turns out bad? What if I do all this? I, what if I do what the Lord is asking me to do? I deny myself. What if I do it? And it turns out bad. He just doesn't work. I would take that person. This Romans, the eighth chapter. Romans, the eighth chapter. Starting at verse 28. Yep. Romans, the eighth chapter, starting at verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did, whom the Lord did foreknow, he also did predestine. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestine, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. All things work together for good. All things may not be good, but they will always work together for good. For those that love the Lord. And so, dear ones, that would be the answers to the responses that some could give. But the second thing that the Lord says to us back in Matthew 16, because he says that we're to deny ourselves. But then he says that we are to do some other things. This next thing he says is that we must become willing to take up our cross. We must become willing to take up our cross. Now, the phrase take up the cross that Jesus uses here was a euphemism that was used during their time that was similar to some of the euphemisms that people use today. Um, You hear people saying things like that person is going to get the chair or that person is is off to the gallows or that person has their head on the chopping block. Those are all euphemisms that people use. Because with each one of those euphemisms and those sayings, dear ones, what is being described is a person beginning to do something that's going to cost them their life. What that person is about to do is going to require their life. And so when Jesus says that we must become willing to take up our cross, he is making a direct reference to us becoming willing to die to some things. 
you must become willing to die to some things. Now remember, what is being discussed here is our tendency to want to prioritize what we want over what the Lord says His will is for our lives. And so we must become willing to die to certain things. Certain things like our own plans and our own agendas for how we think things should go. We must become willing to die to those things. We must become willing to die to our belief that we know what's best for our lives. You must become willing to die to that. For some dear ones, that's a hard thing to die to. Because you've been calling the shots for a long time. And you've been the one making the decisions for a long time. And you've been the one, you know, handling everything for a long time. And so asking you to die to something that has been your pattern and your and your procedure for such a long period of time. That's why Jesus calls it a cross. Lord have mercy. That's why he calls it a cross. He doesn't call it die to that opportunity. Die to that responsibility. Die to that, to that. No, he calls it a cross. Because, dear ones, a cross means there's going to be some pain involved in this. There's going to be some difficulty involved in it. You dying to this ain't going to be an easy thing. But it's a necessary thing. It has to happen. Lord have mercy. We must be willing to die to our ways and our ideas of what and how we think things should be done. And we must become willing to die to our goals and our aspirations for how we want our lives to go. This is how I want my life to go. I want to be this. By by age 32, I want to be here. By 45, I want to be here. By 50, I want to be retired. You got to let all that stuff go. And dear ones, as we lay those things to rest in our lives, what we will begin to experience is the Lord will replace those things with his will and his agenda, with his plans and his purposes, with his ways and his thoughts and with his goals and his aspirations. But dear ones, I want for us to stay with what the Lord says to us here for a little bit longer because... There are a few more things concerning what he says to us that we need to take note of. One thing is that we need to take note of the order that Jesus gives this to us. Notice what he says, verse 24. If any man will come after me, let him first deny himself, then take up his cross. The Lord doesn't say take up your cross and then deny yourself. He starts with denying yourself first. Then he says, take up your cross. Because it is only as I say no to those things that I'm focusing on that I will be freed up to begin to pick up those things and carry those things that I need to pick up and carry. Many of us, let me put it this way. Many of us are like the person trying to carry too many groceries in from the car. We're like the person trying to carry too many, you know, you know how it is. You know, you're, it's raining and you, I don't want to make a couple trips out to the car. I'm tired. I, let me just, I'll, I'll get this bag and get this bag and get another bag. Under, and so I'm carrying, and you're trying to get all the stuff into the house, but eventually something's going to happen and something, the orange going to pop out or, or, or the watermelon going to slip or, you know, <laughs> the cantaloupe going to go somewhere. And pretty soon you're just jumbling everything and it all falls and you just made a mess of stuff. 
We're trying to carry too many things. For many of us, dear ones, we're trying to carry our own plans and our own agendas and our own ideas and our own goals in addition to what the Lord is saying his plans and agendas are. So we have ours right here. And Lord, I'm going to take yours too and just walk together, take all this stuff together. Problem is, dear ones, when you try to carry what you think you should be doing and how you think everything should be working and how you want your life to go, and you try to also carry what the Lord says His will is for your life, the problem is you end up failing at everything. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able... After you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. We're trying to carry too many things. For many of us, dear ones, we're trying to carry our own plans and our own agendas and our own ideas and our own goals in addition to what the Lord is saying his plans and agendas are. So we have ours right here. And Lord, I'm going to take yours too and just walk together, take all this stuff together. Problem is, dear ones, when you try to carry what you think you should be doing and how you think everything should be working and how you want your life to go, and you try to also carry what the Lord says His will is for your life, the problem is you end up failing at everything. I want you to hear what I just said. When you try to carry how you think things should go, how you feel things should happen, how you want things to be, you try to carry that, and you try to marry that up with what God says His will is for your life and what He wants for you to do and how He wants things to go, when you try to carry all that, dear ones, you inevitably end up failing at everything. You don't get what you want and you don't get what the Lord says His will is. You fail at everything. And so, dear ones, we have to realize we we can't carry both. you got to put one down. In order to be able to pick up the other. You can't carry both of them at the same time. Dear ones, there are a couple of things that we need to realize concerning this point. One thing is that the Lord says in Matthew 6, 24, he says, no man can serve two masters. Matthew 6, 24, he says, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will, will hold to the one and despise the other. No man can serve two masters. 
No man, no woman can serve two masters. Jesus does not say no man can have two masters. I want you to just think about that. He doesn't say you can't ha- he doesn't say you can't have more than one master. He says you can't serve more than one master. You can have a multitude of masters. Things pulling on your life, things telling you what thing, what should be done, how things should go. You, dear ones, it could be yourself, it could be your spouse, it could be your career, it could be your finances, it could be your in-laws, it could be your hobbits, it could be your habits, habits, it could be your money, it could be your friends, it could be your desires. You can have a whole bunch of different masters other than the Lord. Amen. What Jesus says is regardless to what it is, you can't serve more than one of them at one time. Each one of us must make the decision to, to listen to one master and refuse to listen to anyone else who tries to be our master. Each one of us desi- is divinely designed to only be able to listen to one controlling voice at a time. Each one of us is divinely designed to only be able to listen and obey one controlling voice at a time. So if it's not the Lord you're listening to, you're listening to another master. And if you're listening to the Lord and allowing him to be the one you're controlling, that controlling voice, that will help you to tune out everything else. That's trying to be and serve as your master. Because you can only listen to one voice at a time. Amen. The other thing about this, and I'm moving on real quickly. The other thing about it, dear ones, is this. Each one of us must determine who is going to be the star of your production. Who's going to be the star of the production of your life? You know what the stars are. You know, the, the star is the main person. The star is the person in the production or the movie or the play, whatever it is, that everything else kind of centers around. Everybody, other people have supporting parts. Other people have supporting roles. But they all kind of support what the star is doing. It all centers around the star. Dear ones, who is going to be the star of the production of your life? You have to choose who's going to be the star. Because if you, if you want to be the star, if I want to be the star of the production of my life, that means I want everything to center around what I want. And I want everything to center around what I think. And I want everything, all, my, all the activities that, that happen around my life and in my life to center all around what benefits me. I want to be the star. Dear ones, the best thing you will end up with is either a tragic, a tragic comedy a horror movie or a dark drama that has a really bad ending. That's the best you're going to end up with. But if you allow the Lord to be the star of the production and you allow his will to be the, every, the, the thing that everything else centers around, you allow him to determine the plot of your life. You allow him to determine the, the, the backdrop of your life. You allow him to determine the, 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 the purpose and the plan and everything else concerning your life. Dear ones, what you will end up with is something that will probably look more like a love story that is mixed with an adventure movie that is mixed with an old western where good will always overcome evil. 
So who's going to be the star? Who's going? The culture, society says you need to be the star. The problem is, dear ones, if you're the star of your production, the best you're going to get is a, is a tragic comedy or, or, or a horror movie. But if the Lord is the star, you end up with a love story. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Let me deal with this last thing real quickly. Because the Lord says that we must become willing to follow him. Now, the Lord said, well, well let me, actually, before I get there, let me deal with this. Because it says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up a cross. Or take up some cross. Or take up a certain cross. Take up his cross. In other words, the Lord specifies. There's a, a fair measure of specificity. There's, there's a fair measure of exactness that the Lord gives to this here. He says, there is a cross that you individually must become willing to carry. That cross will be unique to your life. Yes. That cross will be unique to the situations and the circumstances that are around, going on in your life at that particular time. We oft say that, and you hear people say it all the time, God's got a blessing with your name on it. God has a blessing with your name on it. You hear songs, God got a blessing with your name on it. Well, dear ones, let me inform you of something. God also has a cross with your name on it. So while you're over there picking up your blessing, be sure and get your cross too. While you're over there picking up your blessings that God that has your name on it, be sure and get your cross also. We oftentimes want the blessing that has our name, but you don't want the cross that has your name. But the Lord says, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, you got to be willing to pick up your cross. And then he says, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Deny yourself. What happens when the Lord says something you don't like? First, I got to deny myself, utterly turn from those things that I want to do. And prioritize what the Lord says his will is for my life, number one. Secondly, I got to be willing to take up my cross. That means I got to be willing to die to certain things. Die to my agenda. Die to what I think is right. Die to what I want to do. And begin to say, Lord, you know what's best. Your will is perfect. I will do what you want me to do. Third thing, follow him. Notice the Lord doesn't say, follow me to here. Or follow me for this long. Or follow me over there. There's a lack of exactness to what the Lord says. He just says, follow me. Because in order to follow him, not knowing where you're going, not knowing how long it will be, not knowing what the end result is going to happen, not knowing any of those things, just to follow him. Well, that requires me to have faith in him. That requires me to trust him. That requires me to have confidence in him. That requires me, that requires me, to, be, me to believe that he knows the right way that I should go. And he knows what is best for my life. And he will be with me as I take every step of this way. He will walk with me, talk with me, be there with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I can follow him. Amen. Lord have mercy. There's a lack of specificity. There's a lack of exactness. There's no information. He just says, follow. Lord have mercy. 
So, so, so what do I got to do? When the Lord says something I don't like, let me wrap this thing up, Lord, put, it, put a bow on this thing. When the Lord says something I don't like, God do three things. Number one, deny myself. Tell myself, you know what? No, that might not, that, Lord, I don't really care for that, but I want to do this, but I'm going to do what you want. Deny myself. Two, take up my cross. Become willing to die. I think I could do this in a better way. I don't, I don't, I think I can, I, I got a better idea. I got a better idea than I, I got to die to that. I got to let that go. I got to die to it. And thirdly, follow him. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.